0: 300 years ago, scientist uh, Sir Isaac Newton discovered that when you shine white light through a prism, what comes out is a rainbow of colors. And he concluded that white light is actually a mixture of colors. Each color has a different wavelength. And so when white light goes through the prism, it bends and it separates into multiple Colors: Red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, violet. And uh, kids, this is why, right? When it rains, and right after a rainstorm, you see the rainbow. Because the rain droplets in the distance are functioning as a prism through which the sunlight goes. There is no brighter light than the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It breaks into the world and He shines in resurrection glory. About 30 years ago, a seminary professor said, read this. The book was called Resurrection and Redemption by an OPC pastor and seminary professor named Richard Gaffin. Some of you know Dr. Gaffin. I've never met Dr. Gaffin, but from a distance, his work has been tremendously helpful to me. And he has taught me to see that when you look at the resurrection of Jesus through the lens of Scripture, what you will see are multiple colors of hope. Now, tonight, I, I want to take a little bit uh, different approach to uh, the Scriptures. We're going to focus on one verse, but we're going to unpack that one verse through several other passages. You can follow along. I provided an outline in your bulletin, which I hope will be helpful. Here's the one verse that we're going to unpack Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Paul writes, The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would open the eyes of our hearts as we consider your word this evening. That you would enable us to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, the risen one. For his people and we ask all of this in jesus name amen the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord on the one hand there's the bad news the wages of sin is death and there are multiple shades of gray multiple shades of misery But the good news of the Gospel is the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Resurrection life in multiple colors of hope. Now here's the key phrase in the text. In Christ Jesus. That is to say, God has established a bond between Christ and His people. The one will represent the many. Jesus is the man for others. As goes the shepherd, so go the sheep. One small step for Jesus is one giant leap for all of his people. And it's all right there in that little phrase. In Christ Jesus. If you want to understand your Christian story, then you have to understand his story. If you look closely into the mirror of this man for others... Then you will find your life hidden in Him. Let's look at the resurrection of our Lord Jesus through the prism to discover our multicolored hope. Color number one Resurrection is salvation from guilty to righteous. Resurrection is salvation from guilty. righteous God gives us his law so that by living his law we might reflect his image but we break his law and we show ourselves to be transgressors and the consequence the wages of sin is death and one aspect one dark shade of death is to be judged by God as guilty but consider Christ Jesus our Lord The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy 3, verse 16, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh. He was justified by the Spirit. Paul describes a great mystery. He's not talking about something that is unsolved, but something that was once hidden and is now revealed. God's plan of salvation in Christ unveiled, believed, and confessed. Paul writes, He was manifested in the flesh. He's speaking about the incarnation. God the eternal Son became a man. One person with two natures, divine and human. And everything He did on earth, He did in a human body. He lived. He died. He was buried. But on Sunday, the text says, He was justified, He was vindicated by the Spirit, resurrection. In view of the obedient life of Jesus, God rendered a verdict on Sunday. In raising His Son from the dead, God declared Jesus to be righteous. But Jesus' demand for others As goes the shepherd, so go the sheep. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, you see the text in front of you Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. On Friday, he was delivered over to death for our sins. The innocent one stands in our place. And he is judged by God as guilty. But on Sunday, he was raised to life for our justification. The obedient one stands in our place, and we are judged as righteous in him. If Jesus remains in the grave, then we cannot be right with God. But up from the grave, he arose. And the resurrection of Jesus is God's twofold declaration. Our sins are credited to His account. And on Friday, He pays our debt, and God's wrath is removed. But the obedient life of Jesus is credited to our account. And there you stand in Christ. There you stand in Christ. Robed in his righteousness. When do you need to remember this? Recently, I was talking to a member of our congregation. I could so identify with the grieving heart. He knew that in a moment, he didn't see it coming. But in a moment, hardship came, and he ran off the rails. Said things, did things, that he deeply grieved. When do you need to remember this? Exactly when you have a moment like that. When you lose your peace with God. This is one of the most wonderful statements I think I've ever read. Heidelberg Catechism, question 60. How are you right with God? How are you right with God? Only by true faith in Jesus Christ. Even though my conscience accuses me of having grievously sinned against all God's commandments, of never having kept any of them, and of still being inclined toward all evil nevertheless, without any merit of my own, out of sheer grace, listen to this, God grants and credits to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ as if I have never sinned nor been a sinner. And it gets even better. As if I had been as perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me. And all that I need to do is accept this gift with a believing heart. Resurrection is salvation from guilty to righteous. That's the first color. But there's a second. Resurrection is salvation from outcast to sonship. God made us to be children, to live in a joyful relationship with Him, but we run away into the distant country, despising His fatherly love and preferring our own independent way. And the consequence, the wages of sin, is death. And one dark shade of death is to be cast out and to be forsaken by God. But consider Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's beginning his letter to the Romans. The Apostle Paul writes, He says, Paul, an apostle set apart by God for the gospel concerning his son. And notice in verse 3 and 4, Paul writes, he was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. The focus is on the gospel of God concerning his son. Notice the parallel. He The Son of God was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead. Paul draws a contrast. It's a contrast not between the divine and human natures in the person of Jesus. It's a contrast between the two successive stages of the history of Jesus. And so in His incarnation, the eternal Son of God entered into this present age. The Bible calls this age the age of the flesh. And so in His incarnation, Jesus was revealed as the Son of God in weakness. But not on Sunday. Through His resurrection, the eternal Son of God entered the new age to come the age according to the Spirit. And so in His resurrection, Jesus was declared by God to be the Son of God in power. Theologian Sinclair Ferguson writes, the resurrection is not only an act of divine power in Jesus' life, it is a legal declaration of adoption The legal declaration that the son who was not spared on the cross but died under divine judgment, the son who experienced the depths of separation from God crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The resurrection is the legal declaration that this forsaken one has been welcomed home afresh by the Father. Can you hear the joy of the Father? Let's eat. Let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but he's now found on Sunday. But consider Jesus the man for others because one small step for Jesus is one giant leap for all of His people. Look at His resurrection and its implications for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2, the writer is quoting from Psalm 22 as well as Isaiah chapter 8. It is one of the most dramatic and beautiful statements in all of Scripture. He, Jesus... Is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. It's as though Jesus is leading the choir, the congregation, in praise. He's become one of us, and he's the lead singer, and he's leading the worship service. And again, it's as though he turns to the Father and says, Here I am, Father, and all the children that you have given to me. Sonship. Not only is the risen Lord Jesus welcomed home by the Father, but united to the risen Lord Jesus, you are too. And can you hear the joy? of the Father. Here's my best robe, here's my gold ring, put it on. Once you were lost and forsaken, but now you are found and adopted in Christ. Welcome home, let's eat, let's celebrate. Do you see? The old worldly ties have been broken. New ties, new family ties have been established. God says to us in Christ, you can call me Father. You have my fatherly care. And Jesus says to you, I'm not ashamed to be called your elder brother. You have my brotherly compassion. But what about the Holy Spirit? What does He say? Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Imagine that you're in the courtroom And your identity as a child of God is on trial. It's called into question. And it looks like all of the evidence is against you. But suddenly, this person walks into the courtroom, the star witness. And he takes the stand. And what does he say? He bears witness with your spirit, saying you are a child of God in Christ. And it wins the case. It removes all doubt. When do you and I need to see this? Exactly when the world and the flesh beguile us into temptation, when you take the bait, and when you get hooked by sin. Exactly when the devil whispers in your ear, as he did to Jesus, are you really the Son of God? That's exactly when we need to gaze upon Jesus and believe the good news. By his resurrection, we have been delivered from outcast to sonship. That's color number two. But there's a third. Color number three. Resurrection is salvation from slavery to freedom. Resurrection is salvation from slavery to freedom. God made us to be His servants. When you're under the mastery of the Lord, that's when you're really free. But we exchange the service of to God for service to sin. And the Bible teaches us that the consequence, the wages of sin is death. And one dark shade, one aspect of death is to be given over by God to slavery. You know, sometimes maybe you're here exploring Christianity and. Um, Maybe your conception of sin is like many Christians, it's it's a focus on behavior. That's certainly a part of the problem, but it goes deeper. Sin is a black hole of evil desires. Sin is the ultimate addiction. It's a gravity. It's the belly with the craving that will not take no for an answer. Sin is a lust that will seek you, find you, blind you, and bind you, and it will destroy your life. It's the hijacker seated in row 17 and storms the cockpit of your heart. but consider Christ Jesus our lord. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6 verse 9 and 10, "We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him." For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Do you hear what Paul is saying? On Friday, Jesus came under the dominion of every evil desire you can imagine. What is that for you? Where do you really get stuck? He came under the dominion of exactly that. But on Sunday, he came out from underneath the dominion of that, delivered from sin's power in order that he might walk in newness of life. But Jesus is the man for others. As goes the shepherd, so go the sheep. So look what his resurrection means for those of us in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that Jesus, who was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, with him we might too walk in newness of life. Before we became a Christian, sin was a reigning power. We had no choice but to obey it. But when we become a Christian, when we are united to Christ through faith, the reign of sin is broken. This is so hard to believe because the grip of sin seems so strong, doesn't it? This text is saying that you really can change. You really can escape the corruption that is in the world caused by evil desires. There's an exodus. There's an exit ramp. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Because... You're united to Jesus Christ. But I don't feel like it. Well, what happens when your feelings run into what God's Word says? Which is going to get final say? What your feelings are saying or what God's Word is saying? There's freedom in Christ. And when do we need to see and believe this? When you find yourself in the grip of a lust... Not only the red letter addictions that get posted on the marquee, now showing gluttony, laziness, immorality, but also the addictions of the mind that are so easily disguised. The lust for control. The lust for success. The lust for a reputation. The lust for perfection. The craving for affection. That's exactly when we need to see and believe. When you find yourself thinking and talking and grieving like the Apostle Paul, I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want. I I do the very thing I hate. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? By the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are delivered from slavery to freedom. There's a final color. It's the fourth color. Resurrection is salvation from ruin to glory. Remember what we're doing here. We're unpacking what it means to be given the free gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus. And resurrection is salvation from ruin to glory. God made us soul and body to live forever. But sin living in me and sin living in you is like a virus working within our bodies. And the consequence, the wages of sin is death. And one dark shade of death is this aspect of of suffering bodily decay and disintegration. But consider Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul makes an assertion. Pastor Dale highlighted a couple of these ideas this morning. Jesus was raised on the third day in accordance to the Scriptures. But in verse 35, Paul expects a question. Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? And in verses 42 through 44, Paul provides an answer. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. How do we know this? Because in his death on Friday, the body of Jesus was sown in dishonor and weakness. But because of his resurrection on Sunday, The body of Jesus was raised in glory and power, and a profound transformation from a natural body to a spiritual body takes place. But Jesus is the man for others. One small step for Jesus, one giant leap for all of His people. So look at what His resurrection means for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul writes... In First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verses twenty through twenty-three, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Paul is drawing another another contrast here between two representatives. Adam the first, the head of the old humanity, and Adam the second, the head of a new humanity. And Paul describes Jesus as the first fruits. Dr. Gaffin writes, this little word contains a big thesis. What does he mean by that? In the Old Testament. As an act of worship, God's people were called to bring the first portion of the harvest to God. But in doing so, the worshiper was to recognize that not only the first fruits, but the whole harvest belonged to God. Paul says Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection harvest. His resurrection and our resurrection are not two unrelated events. They are two episodes of the same event. And so Paul can say, as we have borne the image of the first Adam from dust, so we will bear the image of the second Adam, the man from heaven. Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Our citizenship is in heaven... And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. When do you need to focus on this? Exactly when the aging brings weakness. Exactly when the pain is chronic and brings suffering. Exactly when the doctor says those most difficult words he can speak, I'm so sad, there's nothing else we can do. That's exactly when we need to gaze upon Jesus and believe the good news. By his resurrection, I will be delivered from ruin to glory. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This bright light of the resurrection of Jesus passes through the prism. Do you see? Do you see your multicolored hope in Him? Salvation from guilty to righteous. Through Jesus. Salvation from outcast to sonship through Jesus. Salvation from slavery to freedom through Jesus. Salvation from ruin to glory through Jesus. So we shout for joy. As we did this morning. Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that Your Word is so rich. It tastes so good. Taste and see that the Lord is good, you say. We thank you for giving us good news to see and taste. But, oh, Lord, how easy it would be for this good news to just ricochet off of our hearts. And tomorrow morning, same old, same old. Nothing changes would you have mercy? Would you, would you help us? By the power of your Holy Spirit, would, would you take this good news and would you make our hearts soft? I especially want to pray for those here tonight are utterly discouraged. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods lift up their voices. The floods lift up their roaring. Just overwhelmed with, with sad. I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, You would raise my brother up you would raise my sister up I pray that you would open the eyes of their hearts to see to look into the mirror of the man for others and see the hope to which you have called them and I pray not only these brothers and sisters, but I pray that Harvest Church would be the sort of place where sinners and sufferers like us can thrive because we are reminding one another of who you are and what you do in Jesus. So please do this for the sake of your great name and for the good of your people, we pray through Jesus. Amen.